put out there that sort of aren't quite accurate. And uh, in relation to the New Year, one of them I found uh, says, if you see me crying on New Year's, just hug me and pray for me. This year was by far the hardest year I've had, mentally, physically, emotionally and financially. But God carried me through. Uh, 2023, I'm coming for everything I deserve and more. Happiness and to genuinely put myself first. Now, is that the attitude with which we go into the new year? That I'm going to be first, that I'm going to be, I'm going to look after myself. Um, and I was thinking, you know, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3, it says that there's a time coming, and I think that's now, um, where people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions or own desires. And I think that's what we can tend to do. We can take on board all these things, what, these things that the people have said and, and people are saying, and they influence the way we behave and the things that we do. And the Word of God says differently to that, that um, we should genuinely put ourselves first. It actually says the opposite. Um, so I want to begin the new year by, by thinking about who it is that we're listening to or what it is that we're listening to, what it is that we're, we're or where are we receiving our influence from. Because in Timothy it says that you know, there's a time coming when people will accumulate for themselves the teaching that they want. And I think through social media we can do that. We can gather for ourselves um, teaching um, that we want to hear, that, that, that suits us. <coughs> um, you know, we get told repeatedly that we need to better ourselves. We need to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. We need to think of number one. It's all me, 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 me. And that's how we're told to live. The Bible actually says we need to lay down our life to follow Jesus. We need to take up our cross. We need to put others in front of ourselves and to think of their needs before our own. We used to sing a little chorus when I was younger. Um, it, it, was, it spelt the word joy, J-O-Y. Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. And I think that's how we need to approach the new year. That's how we need to approach every day. Uh, but especially the new year. And not putting ourselves first, by putting others first. Somebody has said, rivers don't drink their own water. Trees don't eat their own fruit. The sun doesn't shine on itself. Now, before we were born again, we used to live for ourselves. But after coming to Christ, our lives are not our own. Life is good when we are happy, but it's better when others are happy because of us. So with those things in mind, I want to go to First, first Peter chapter 2, because First Peter chapter 2, um, I want to have a look at uh, four Ds today, four differences that we might want to take up for the new year. A different desire, a different design for life, a different duty, and a different demonstration. 
Before we get into 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll go back to the last couple of verses of chapter 1, and it says, <coughs> having, verse 22, it says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere and brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not with perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. All flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever, and this word is good, the good news that was preached to you. We go into First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 starts, So, or therefore, so because of what was just said, put away all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, <coughs> long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into, into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If we don't put away all malice and all deceit, all hypocrisy and all slander, our spiritual growth will be stunted. But if our desire is to spend time in the Word of God and follow through with that, and we follow through with that desire, our spiritual growth will be nurtured and nourished. Like newborn infants, like a, like a baby longing to be fed, we should desire to spend time in the Word of God. That's a different desire to what we had when we were before we came to know Christ. It's a different desire. Something completely different to what the world has to offer. And as the new year begins, may that be our desire to spend more time in God's Word, to get to know Him better. You know, do we cry out for the Word of God when we, when we realise that we haven't had that input for, for a while? Do we desire it? Or are we okay with going without it for a while? A baby doesn't last long without a feed. It doesn't go long between feeds. And this is what is written here, that we should desire, like the newborn baby desires milk, we as Christians should desire the Word of God, the, the spiritual, the pure spiritual milk. Have we tasted that the Lord is good? We were singing about it, we were talking about it earlier. Have we tasted that the Lord is good? It says there in verse 3, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is what should be happening. If we have experienced the goodness of God in our life, then we should be desiring to spend more time with Him. Have you been saved? Then you've experienced the goodness of God. So that we might grow up into salvation. <coughs> we need to obey, not only read the Word of God and spend time in the Word of God, but we need to obey the Word of God. We need to start putting it into practice. The things that we find in Scripture, the things that the Spirit reveals to us from Scripture, we need to put into practice. And they're not very easy. Some of the things that we, we're asked to do as Christians, uh, is, is, they're not the easiest to, to, to do. Growing into your salvation is learning to live 
in the joy of yourself, in the joy of salvation that you have received. Putting aside the old way of living and the old desires and, and having a desire to be fed and to grow in the Word of God. Not living the way we used to live. Not living by the standards of the world that we used to live by. But living by what the Spirit reveals to us in Scripture. saying earlier that she was looking through photos and there's things that she's forgotten through the year. But one question that we can all ask ourselves is, have I grown from this time last year? Have, has my life changed for the better? Have I grown closer to God by reading his word and living and, and, and obeying what he has asked me to do? So that's a different desire. A different design for life. Go on to, to verse 4. It says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a royal priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. As you come to him in this way, through his word, desiring to be obedient to it and to have it change the way we live, have our lives come into line with Scripture, you will experience the rejection of those around you, of those who aren't living that way, those who are still living by the standards of the world. But you will be built up along with others who are doing the same thing and learning that there are sacrifices that need to be made, not sacrifices in relation to salvation because the sacrifice that Jesus made is sufficient. We don't have to perform more sacrifices to be saved. We, as we grow, we are, we are made aware that there are sacrifices that need to be made in relation to other people, in, in relation to uh, you know, being a help around with other people. There are things that we need to lay aside and sacrifice our selfish desires as we grow uh, as, we, as we read scripture and as we, as we grow to become more like Christ we realise that there are sacrifices that need to be made and that's a completely different design for life than what we're taught in school or what the media offers now Romans 12 and verse 1 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And if you go over to Hebrews chapter 13,
be willing to do what God has called us to do. Go on in verse 6. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying uh, in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So to those who find Jesus precious, to those who believe in him, those who obey him and are willing to make sacrifices for him, will not be put to shame. There is honour for those who are willing to be built up with Jesus as the cornerstone of our lives. <coughs> those who are, who are living in line with Jesus himself. You know, the cornerstone was a stone that was completely square in each, on each side, and it would be put in the, the corner of the building so that each wall built from it would be straightened through. And if Jesus is the cornerstone of our life, then we need to live in line with him and his teaching. Verse 7, So there is honour for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and the stone of stumbling, a rock of offence. They stumble because they, did, because they disobey the word, as they are destined to do. Now, every single person, every single one of us, is born in a sinful state into a sinful world. And we are destined to stumble and disobey. That, that's how we're, that, how, we're, how we're born, how we live. Until we taste and see that the Lord is good. And how will others taste and see that the Lord is good? if we don't desire to spend time in his word and if we don't live by a different design. Somebody has said, um, those who, uh, the one who would be their saviour, Jesus, because they reject him, will become their judge. They will either bow before him in repentance and be saved or trip over him on their way to hell. And we have loved ones, we have friends, we have family that don't know Christ. And sadly, that's where they're headed. Because the cornerstone of our life is the, the stumbling stone of theirs. They can't get over the fact that, that, um, that their life needs to be changed and surrendered to, surrendered to God and changed and be... Um, be brought into the family of God. There are, there are so many people that would reject that message. But it's, it's given to us the message or the, the ministry of reconciliation. Those verses that Dad was talking about in 2 Corinthians. It says, if Therefore, if anyone is in, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ, that is in Christ, God was willing, uh, was, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us with the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God made his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. If you don't know Christ today, Come and be reconciled to God. If you do know Christ, 
then you should be living by the different design that Scripture lays out for us and be living in line with, with the cornerstone, with Christ and with His uh, with the, the things that He has taught us. In verse 9, from verse 9 on, we have the third D, which is a different duty. We have a, a different um, order uh, of, of how to live, a different, uh, a, a different duty to fulfil. Before we knew Christ, we, could, we fulfilled our own desires. It says in verse 9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for, for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvellous light. That's our, that's our duty, to proclaim the excellencies of him, of Christ, who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which war against the soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honourable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You know, because we're not here for very long, we need to stay away from the passions of the world. We need to, to live the life that God requires of us to keep our conduct among the Gentiles honourable. We need to be different. You know, the way we behave towards one another, the way we show love towards one another, the way we sacrifice for one another needs to be different from the way or from what the, or the way the world lives. <coughs> You know, it says there, abstain from the passions of the flesh. That's the secret sins and the sins that we do that nobody knows about. But then it says, keep your conduct among the, the Gentiles honourable. That, that's public. That, that's the life we live in public. The life that the world sees. It should be honourable. And it should be in line with Jesus Christ. You know, the coming verses from verse 13 onwards, it, it gives practical ways of how we can uh, keep our conduct in public honourable. It says in verse 13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be by whether it be the emperor as supreme, or to the governors as sent by him, to punish those who do evil or to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honour everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honour the emperor. You know, those two words, be subject, or live in submission to, are mentioned four times <coughs> in this letter. Uh, that's the first one in verse 13. Um, and that's in relation to Christians and the government. <coughs> In verse 18, it goes on and it speaks about um, slaves and their masters. Over in chapter 3 and verse 1, it speaks about wives and their husbands. And in chapter 5, it speaks uh, of being subject, those being 
the, the young Christians to the elders. Uh, so it's mentioned four times uh, the, the being subject or being in, living in submission to. Um, and as Christians, uh, we, we need to, um, to do what the government tells us to do. Providing it's not against the word of God. You know, when Peter uh, was commanded by the religious leaders not to preach the gospel, he answered and said to them, we must obey God rather than men. It says in Acts chapter 5, Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. But in relation to the government, you go to Romans chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. We need to live in a way that the world has nothing bad to say about us. And when they do, when they, when they bring their accusations, our lives will speak for themselves. Go on in verse 18, the next be subject, servants. Be subject to your masters with all respect, uh, not only to the good and the gentle, the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. What credit is it if you sin and are beaten for it and you endure it? But if you do good and suffer for it, and endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. As Christians, we are we, we will suffer. As Christians, we will be treated unjustly. And that's that's becoming more and more evident, it's becoming more and more apparent. The more the world spirals out of control, the less they want to tolerate Christians. They want every you know they want to tolerate everything else, but they don't want to tolerate Christians. We will suffer, and we will have to endure it. And if we're going to do it the way that God wants us to, if we're going to do it, it's going to be hard. Um, I've got a note here just over in Ephesians chapter 5. I'll just quickly look it up. Submitting to one another out of reverence for God or out of fear of God. Now, a part of the Christian life, a major part of the Christian life, is living in subjection to those in authority over us, but doing it in a way that you know, we don't grumble and complain or we, you know, we don't despise it. It's a completely different design for life. Then in verse 21, we have a different demonstration or a different example. And then we are to be that different example as well. Verse 21 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ Jesus also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you might 
follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. And when, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Are we willing in this new year to follow the new the demonstration, the different demonstration that has been set forth, the different example by following Christ, who suffered without retaliation? Or is our perception of Christianity that everything should just go smoothly and we shouldn't have to to, to suffer at all <coughs> with no problems. Is that what we want the world to see? That 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 you know and we have our life all together and everything's rosy and everything everything's fantastic. Or <coughs> do we want to show people that even through our suffering Christ can be honored and glorified and that he can he can uh, he is there with us in our suffering and he can help us through. Somebody, uh, Stephen Saint, has written a book, Suffering and Sovereignty of God, and this is a little little part out of that book. It says, in the United States and most of most other highly developed and industrialised nations that have been exporters of Christ's gospel, it is generally accepted that the avoidance of suffering is a is a respected primary object of life. So people think that it's important to, to avoid suffering in life. And that's, that's how missionaries have, have preached the gospel. They've shown that, or they've tried to, to live a life without suffering in front of people who are suffering and tried to connect with them. But in relation to missionary efforts, it says, our lack of suffering is a great obstacle to the effectiveness in communication in communicating God's Christ's plan for hurting people. Suffering people who think we never suffer are understandably cynical about our ability to understand them and care for their physical, emotional and spiritual hurts. People need to know that as Christians we also suffer. They're going to know, they're going, they're going to be inflicted on us and they're going to watch in the way to the, you know, they're going to watch the way we respond. And are we going to respond the way that Christ would have? The way that Christ did. So at the beginning of the new year, can we have in our minds a different desire? Can we follow a different design for life? Can we fulfill the different duty that we're called to? And can we follow the different demonstration? And in following that demonstration, be a demonstration to others that we're trying to reach with the gospel. People need to see that the suffering, the suffering with God, it, that the suffering that we go through has purpose. It isn't just because, and it isn't always punishment, as people think. 
Some people think that because we suffer, we're being judged by God. Sometimes suffering is God trying to get our attention so that we will come to him or that we will draw closer to him. Sometimes it's so others can see the grace of God at work in us. But how will people see and understand if we don't suffer well? If we don't walk with God in our suffering? If we don't put others, or if we don't put ourselves in a position for God to use our suffering? If we live as though we are number one and that we should have first place and we preach that God only brings blessing, how can people people to know that God can work through our suffering and that God can bring peace and comfort in suffering and he can even bring joy in suffering. We need to, to have that desire, that, that desire that was spoken of in verses in there, to spend time in God's word, to get to know him. We need to, to unpack through the scriptures the different designs for life, the different ways that God wants us to live, the different duty that he has for us that we didn't have before we, before we had, became Christians, and the different demonstration that Christ is to us and that we can be to other people. Father, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you for the instructions in it, we thank you for the instructions in it. Father, as we look around and we see uh, in the world today that there is suffering uh, and there are people who are uh, trying to, uh, to escape the, that suffering through all different means. And Father, we, we pray as, as the world uh, spins out of control and as there is less and less tolerance for those of us who follow Christ, May it be that when the suffering comes, that we are able to stand uh, firm in you, that we are able to be encouraged by you and lifted up and strengthened. Uh, Father, that we might uh, know that you are with us and know that you have even suffered in sending your son and your son suffered in our place so that we might uh, receive life. Father, we ask that you just help us to... Uh, to in the new year, in your honour and glory in the things that we do, the decisions we make, in the direction that we have. Uh, Father, we pray that you would be honoured and glorified in our lives, uh, whether through suffering or whether or, or not. Uh, Father, we pray that you would go with us, go before us, or go with us and keep us and build us up as we seek to build one another up and encourage one another. Lord, we pray that you would